Welcome to the Digital Empires podcast. I'm Shruti Pangte, a full-time creator, Pinterest marketing expert, and entrepreneur. I went from a nine-to-five hobby blogger to a full-time digital entrepreneur with complete location and financial freedom in less than two years, and I'm here to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious hustler looking to grow your influence, income, and impact online, then you're in the right place today. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome or welcome back. Now, we see and hear a lot about how people make six figures and seven figures and what was their journey and all of that, but we rarely ever get to see how they actually got to that point. And this is something that I personally miss seeing in the world of entrepreneurship. And so today I wanna talk to you about my journey of starting from zero, that is making nothing in my business and just starting out with no prior experience in the industry that I'm in, to going all the way to making my first $60,000 in the last 18 months. And I wanna share what has worked with me, what has not worked with me, and some of the tips and strategies that I believe can benefit you as well. The first thing that helped me scale my business is to show up despite the fear. Now, I know how scary and daunting it can be to try and attempt to do something new in your business, but when you start your own business, you are at the front and center. And if you have a business which is also built off of your own personal brand, such as mine, you will likely at some point have to show your face in your business. Now, it doesn't have to be done the exact same way that I did it. But for example, when I was starting out in this new niche, I knew that I was going to be in the online education space where it was really important for me to get comfortable on video and actually make a connection with my potential customers on video. This is why I started my YouTube channel a year and a half ago, and that has really changed the trajectory of my business. So whether that was getting over the fear of being on camera or public speaking, or it was figuring out how I should be creating my first product, how I should be selling my first product, how I should be making connections in an industry that I was not necessarily an expert in, and all of these different things that you as an entrepreneur will undoubtedly have to figure out, the first place you need to start is to start showing up. Now pick one thing that scares you, but you feel is gonna move the needle in your business and start showing up for that. For me, that one thing was starting my YouTube channel and getting comfortable being on video and connecting with my potential audience on video. And honestly, if you scroll all the way back to my channel and see my first video and see one of the more latest videos, you will see the large amount of difference that exists between the first video and let's say the 70th or 80th video. What differentiates successful entrepreneurs, in my opinion, is not that they didn't have anything to fear or they were not scared of anything and they were extra bold and courageous. It's just that they found a way to get over it. Once you realize that there's always going to be fear around things that are outside of your comfort zone, around things that you have maybe never done before, you start to accept that and you start to take action anyway. And that is something that is so, so important if you want to scale your business or your side hustle to a point where it's actually making you a full-time living. You need to get over the fear and do that thing that you need to do in your business anyway. The next tip that really worked for me is to test ship and test. This means that instead of analyzing and paralyzing myself with all of the information and thinking things over and over again, I decided to jump and ship whatever it is that I was creating and see whether or not my customers actually wanted it. Now, in my case, particularly, my flagship product right now is Pinfluencer Academy, which helps you grow and scale your business using Pinterest. When I first launched my first online course, which today is Pinfluencer Academy, it looked completely different from what we are selling today. This means that I went through so many different iterations of testing my pricing, my messaging, my audience. I also tested what kind of positioning I had in the market and what kind of clients I wanted to attract. Who were these clients? Where were they based? All of these different things that you got to test, you can't 
figure out what it is that needs to sell in your business or can sell in your business without actually putting your product or your service to the test first. So instead of spending time just, you know, being in your room, coming up with 600 ideas, maybe pick the idea that fascinates you the most, put it to the test. And the best way to putting it to the test and shipping it and seeing whether or not it works is by seeing whether or not someone is willing to pay for it. If no one is willing to pay for your product, even after you have built a decent amount of audience, that probably means you need to go back to the whiteboard, figure out how to tweak that product or service, and then test it again. But the thing about growing any business and growing it to a point where it's actually successful is that you have to be willing to be testing these ideas over and over again and putting them to the vote. So this is exactly what I did in the first year of my business, which was last year. And right now I'm in year two of my business and I'm a lot more confident in what we are selling and the way we are selling and who we are selling it to, but it took me at least the first one year to figure out all of these different moving pieces that you will undoubtedly also have to do if you are starting out from zero. The next strategy that also helped me stand out and scale my business is that I chose to become an expert in one thing first. Now I know as a creator or even as a creative entrepreneur, you probably have a thousand ideas running in your brain and you want to execute them all. And I am no different. Each time I pop into the shower or I am having a cup of coffee, I'm generally thinking of so many different things that I could be doing and creating and optimizing. But the problem with this approach is that you always stay stuck in the thinking mode and you don't have enough time to be in the execution mode or in the collecting feedback mode, which is where the magic happens. Now, if you take a second to look Look at any successful company in the world, you will realize that they usually started with one product or one offering first, and they mastered it before they ventured into multiple different offerings. And that is what can make you successful. The reason why I recommend that you become an expert in one thing first before you try to do everything under the sun is because first things first, you'll be able to differentiate and stand out against everyone else in the market. Now, if you are doing exactly what everyone else is doing, there is no source or no USP that you have. And why should anyone buy something from you versus anyone else in the market if there is absolutely nothing that differentiates you from your next competitor. The next reason why I also believe this strategy works is because it is so much better to be a specialist specifically when you're starting out than to be a generalist, not only because you get to charge a premium price for being a specialist, but also because it is easier to stand out when you are creating a specific service or a specific offer. And when we talk about the specialist versus generalist approach, you will see this happening in different markets as well. For example, special doctors tend to earn way more and tend to have a different type of trajectory when it comes to growing their business than a doctor who practices general medicine. And not only this, when you become an expert in one thing and when you pick one particular product or one particular niche that you want to target, what happens is that you have clarity of focus. And as the CEO or as the person who is, you know, the woman in charge of the business, you want to have focus and clarity in your business. You don't want to be chasing five different rabbits and ending up catching none of them. So not only does focusing on one particular thing help you stand out and charge higher prices. It also helps you get clear on what your mission is, what is your vision about growing your company and how you can do that in the most efficient way possible because you're choosing to be productive with your time instead of just trying to do everything under the sun. The next thing that I did that helped me scale my business is that I built a team. Now there's a saying that goes, if you want to go fast, do it alone. If you want to go far, do it together. Now in the first eight months of my business, I also didn't have anyone that was helping me. But when I look at the numbers from that first eight months, and when I compare it to the time period after it, I see a major drastic change because I was able to focus and hone in on my own zone of genius instead of trying to do every single thing that needed to be done to grow my business. 
So as soon as my business started to generate positive cash flow, which meant that I was making more in my business than I was spending in terms of expenses and costs, I started to find ways to invest that into a team. Now there's a huge misconception that people have and they think that they need to hire like a team of 10 full-time employees when they're starting out, but that is not only completely nonsense, but it also does not make a lot of sense when you are, let's say, just starting out and on a limited budget. You can always hire freelancers, contractors, assistants, or part-time project-based managers that can help you grow your business even if you have a much smaller budget and you're not necessarily sure how your business is going to grow. So for example, my day-to-day -day team is quite small. It is me and two other people who help me with community management as well as content on social media. And those two people are contractors in my business, which means that they work on limited hours every single month on my business. So besides the day-to-day -day team that you might need to grow your business, as your business grows, you'll realize that you need specific skill sets or specific things that you probably are not the best at. So for example, even though I enjoy being on video, I don't necessarily love editing videos and I don't think that is my zone of genius. So I work also with a video editor and his agency that helps me not only save my time, but also churn out videos so much faster. Same thing can go for places like graphic design, accounting, or even things like customer support management or any other place that you feel you need to focus on in your business and that you can outsource and get some help at. The way to look at it when you're investing and building your team is to look at short-term gain versus long-term gain. So in the short term, sure, you can take more profit and more cash out of your business and use it to line your pockets. But would that really help you grow your business in the long run? In the long run, your business will benefit more if it has specific systems set in place and if you stop being the bottleneck in the business. So when you're thinking about short term versus long term, it always adds up to actually invest in your team as in when your business starts to have some kind of positive cash flow, which means that there is a demand for the products or services that you're selling in the market. Now, when it comes to deciding how should I go about hiring my team, what I always recommend is to categorize the tasks that you do in your business in two different ways. So on one side of the page, you're going to write down all the tasks that you do in your business that you're good at doing. So things that you like doing, things that you're good at doing, as well as things that only you can do in your business. So an example of such a task would be creating IGTV videos or creating YouTube videos for my business, which is something that only I can do. On the other side of the page, you're going to write down all the tasks that you either don't like doing or you hate them or that you absolutely suck at. So tasks that you don't have a specific skill set for. In addition, these tasks should also be tasks that somebody else can do for you. So for example, if you hate design and you think that you are not going to be good at graphic design, that is a task that you can outsource and delegate to someone else. Same goes for multiple other things or tasks that you do in your business. Usually the tasks that you wrote down in the first page or the category of tasks that only you can do that you're good at and that you don't mind doing are going to be the ones that you should be doing in your business and everything else should be either outsourced or delegated over time to a team of maybe contractors, freelancers, or full-time employees if that is something that you can afford. The next thing that I believe is very important in growing your business is the ability to invest in yourself. Now, entrepreneurship is as much an external journey as it is an internal journey, and I honestly think that the amount of self-development and personal development that I've gone through in the last 18 months is incomparable. I have never been through a similar phase in my life where I have had to learn so much not only about the external environment and the industry that I'm in, but also about who I am, what are my limiting beliefs, what are some of the mindset blocks that I have and how to overcome them. And I believe that you can't be a successful entrepreneur if you don't focus on investing in your own growth and in your own personal development. Now, whether it is investing in a coach or it is investing in a course, in an ebook, in a program, or even if it is just investing in that 
fitness class that you wanna take because it gives you time to sort of cool down from work or going to a spa one weekend. It doesn't matter what type of investment you make as long as you make your own personal development also a priority and understand that sometimes it is not necessarily external forces that are stopping you from growing in your business, but sometimes it is a lot of internal mindset blocks as well as internal development as well. Now keep in mind, when you start your own business, you are the visionary and you are going to be the leader of your business. So if you stop growing internally, there is going to be a similar thing that will happen in your reality as well, where your internal mindset blocks are going to stop you from achieving what it is that you want to achieve in the outside world as well. So don't just invest in external things to grow your business also invest in your own personal growth and in your own personal journey so that you can continue to show up as the best version of yourself to grow your business all right the next tip that i want to share with you which i believed is incredibly important when you are starting out in your business and that is to pick one main marketing channel now i know how tempting it is to want to be on instagram snapchat tiktok twitter linkedin everything but the fact of the matter is that you don't have all the time in the world I mean, I can bet that your time is really scarce and is actually something that you should be very strategic about using in your business, specifically as the owner of the business. And now this is something that I knew from the time that I was in the blogging world, even though it wasn't directly related to what I'm doing today. However, I knew that if I tried to spread myself too thin and be everywhere, I'm not going to grow anywhere. And this principle is directly in line with what I shared earlier, which is all about becoming an expert in one thing. It is the same thing when it comes to picking a marketing channel as well. So whether you pick Google or you pick podcasts or you pick YouTube, whatever it is that you do pick, make sure that you pick one main marketing channel where you can have longevity, where you can have, you know, consistent content that you show up every single week or every single month and that you can continue to grow even when you're not actively showing up. Now, I am not a huge fan of short form social media platforms like TikTok or Instagram because it feels like a huge waste of time, specifically because what you create doesn't necessarily last very long. Now, I know lots of changes are happening in these apps and they're trying to become pseudo search engines and all of that, but they're still quite far away from being search engines. So when it comes to scaling your business, specifically in the first couple of years, I highly recommend picking one main marketing channel that is a search engine. Now, when it comes to my business, the main channel that I use to reach out to an audience is YouTube. And then the second main channel that I have to also reach out to an organic audience is Pinterest. So essentially every new video that I create gets then created into a blog post, which then gets promoted on Pinterest as well as cross promotion from these two different channels. Everything else in my business is secondary when it comes to driving marketing efforts, because as one person who is creating the content, and even if I were to hire multiple people, there's only so much we could do with limited amount of time. So when you're picking your main marketing channel, you want to be asking yourself a couple of questions to figure out where exactly do your needs and your business needs match the best. So the first question that you should absolutely be asking yourself is where is my target audience hanging out? So is my audience hanging out on search engines like Google or YouTube or Pinterest, or are they hanging out on podcasts? Are they someone who love to be spoken to in an Instagram post? So this is a question you need to answer when you're deciding on the main marketing channel for your business. The next question to ask yourself is what do you feel most excited about? So are you excited about sharing your message through video? Do you like writing and maybe you want to share more blog posts with your future audience? 
Or is it that you prefer sitting down and recording a podcast episode? You gotta be taking that into consideration as well when you're planning your marketing channel. The next question that you need to ask yourself is where can I actually stand out? So for example, when I was doing this research of looking into other industry experts and seeing what different people who had built their businesses in a similar industry were at, most of them I found were either doing it via blogging, which is through blog posts, or they were doing it on Instagram, which is the short form social media platform. So for me, there was an opportunity to stand out and do this on YouTube because I believe that YouTube was not somewhere which was super saturated with this particular niche. And I believe that my audience specifically for the products that I was going to create would be present on YouTube. And this is an exercise that will vary a lot based on who your business audience is, where they're based and what type of content they most like consuming. And the last question that you also need to ask when figuring out your marketing channel and something you can absolutely not ignore. And that is what platform can drive you evergreen traffic. Now I'm someone who really believes the cliche of working smart versus working hard. So if I can create a video or a podcast episode that is going to live forever on the internet or at least for a long time, and it's going to be watched or consumed by multiple people over and over again, I would much rather invest my energy into creating that one video instead of creating 10 pieces of Instagram content every single week. Now, again, this really comes down to personal preference and what type of business you have. There are many businesses that tend to do better with short form content and where you need to get in touch with the audience every single day. But this is an exercise that you need to do ideally at the beginning of your business to figure out what is going to be leading evergreen traffic to your site, to your store and to your business so that you don't need to constantly be on the content hamster wheel where you're just churning out content every single day and then burning out really quickly. The next thing that I did that helped me scale my business was to prioritize customer success. Now you can't really go far in business if your existing customers aren't happy. And as entrepreneurs, we are sometimes wired to be chasing that next sale or to be chasing that next customer or chasing that next high. But the truth of the matter is that if the existing customers or clients that you have are not satisfied with your products and services and they're not necessarily giving you good feedback, then you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how you can improve your customer's journey. Now, one of the things that I implemented fairly early into my business was this habit of collecting feedback at as many points as possible. So when I was developing my first product, which was the Pinterest course, I really took the time to notice all the gaps in the market, figure out the feedback that I was getting and how I could incorporate this into creating better lessons and more strategic content, which would actually help my existing customers. So if you're aim in business is just to make money and not give a crap about what your customers are doing, then you're already in it for the wrong reason. And one of the things that really makes me happy is when I see people implementing what I teach inside of the program and that actually getting them results. And that can't happen if you're not talking to your customers and if you're not collecting feedback. So when it comes to improving customer success, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. One of the most obvious ways of going about it is obviously collecting more feedback along different steps of the customer's journey. The next thing that you can do is to look at systems or at let's say your tech stack and how you can improve it so that your customer has a better experience. So is there a software or maybe a different platform that you can use to deliver or you know maybe do fulfillment of your product that is going to give them a better experience. The third place where you can also brainstorm how to improve customer success is by thinking could maybe adding an additional team member or additional support staff actually help your customers reach their goals. Because the fact is if they are not getting what they want from your product and if they're not getting results from your offerings, they're not going to be giving referrals to your products. They're not going to be getting any new organic 
organic customers in and that's going to cause a loss in your revenue in the long run. So as a result of really focusing on my customer's journey and figuring out what are the gaps and making sure that my product was offering them and standing out against every other product in the industry, I made sure that I was getting a lot of testimonials, I was getting a lot of feedback and I was also getting lots of people who would recommend my course to their friends and family. And that is something that every business, no matter big or small, should be focusing at, which is making sure that you keep your customer's happiness as a priority and you make sure that your experience that they have after they buy from you matches up to what you promise before they buy from you as well. The next tip that I have for you, and this is going to sound extremely obvious, but it is a shock to me how many people actually ignore it. And this is to improve your product relentlessly. This means that in line with what we said just in the last tip, which was improving the experience that your customers have after they purchase your product, in line with that, you also need to be improving your product with time, which means that you should not be selling a crappy product just for the heck of selling it. People are not stupid. Your audience is not stupid. They are going to see through your program and realize that it is just fluff and doesn't really offer anything that is worth their money. And when that happens, not only do you get negative feedback and bad reviews, you also are unable to grow your business in the long run. So you might be lucky or might hit a one hit wonder where you just get a lot of sales, but then once they go through your product and realize that it sucks, they're not going to come back and buy it again or recommend it to their friends. And that, my dear friend, is a huge problem for you when you're trying to scale your business. So as the CEO, when you're looking at the areas of focus in your business, which are going to create the maximum impact, there are usually two areas that create the maximum impact. One area to focus on, which we already discussed, is making sure that your customers are happy. And the next area to focus on is making sure that you have the best product in the market. Because when you have the best product in the market, everything else is secondary. It doesn't matter how much you charge. It doesn't matter which way you sell it. It doesn't matter which marketing channel you use. All of those things become secondary because your product and its results speak for itself, which means that as a new business owner, this should be your number one priority. And that is to be selling a product that really does its job and does what it says. Take for example, Pinfluencer Academy, which is my flagship product at the moment. And this is a product that has gone through so many iterations that I cannot even count them anymore. We have not only changed the content inside, we have not only taken the feedback and incorporated extra resources, we have not only changed the pricing, the messaging, and so many other things that you do in the testing phase of the product, but we have specifically created it to be a product that literally stands out in the market and is different from anything else that is available in the same industry. And it doesn't matter which industry you operate in, there is always a potential to optimize and improve the product that you're selling currently so that you can ensure that you have happy clients and customers who are then going to in turn give you more sales in the long run and the cycle will continue on and on. The next hack or rather mindset tip that I wanna share with you is to be ready to fail. Now, a lot of us are driven in life by our egos and by what our brain is telling us and we immediately think that if we don't achieve our goals or if we don't achieve what we thought we were going to achieve, we are a failure. And while that is a completely normal feeling to feel like you fail at something, it is also important for you to pick yourself back up and keep going anyway. My first launch, which I made at the beginning of my business, made less than $500. The first video that I shared on YouTube got less than 200 views. There were so many months in my first year of business where I didn't think I would be able to pay rent because I wasn't sure if I would actually make enough money. And in fact, the large chunk of revenue that we've been able to make has come in from this year itself, which is year two. And this year is just halfway through. The first 12 months in my business, I barely made enough to sustain myself and to pay myself a salary. There were months where I had to sell off extra things in my apartment to make sure that I could actually cover up the costs. 
I had to wait almost a year to be allowed to have my business in Germany because it is not my native country. And even then it was a limited time permit, which then expired in the next couple of months. And I'm going through that process all over again. So there were so many opportunities for me to think that in the first year and a half of running my business, I was a total failure. But when I started to look at them as feedback and as redirection, that is when my reality started to change as well. So once you realize that failure and success are not two mutually exclusive different paths, but instead they are the same path where you're more often than not met with failure first and then success later, that is when you really start to mature and grow with your business because you stop seeing failure as a reason to stop and quit and jump ship. Instead, you start seeing failure as feedback and you take that feedback and implement that and then continue to keep going on this journey. Moving on, the next tip that I want to share with you is a mindset tip. It is not a strategy tip and it is that I believed it was possible. Now you can have the best strategy, the best plan and the best team and the best support and the best network ever. But deep down, if you don't believe something is possible for you, then it's not going to happen. I had to go through dark periods where I was second guessing my every next move. I was second guessing whether I had the right platform, whether I had the right team member, whether I was going about it the right way, whether I was selling the right product and so on and so forth. I had doubts about raising my prices. I didn't know if I should be doing X or Y or Z in my business. And that is completely normal. But what's even more important is to pull yourself out of this place and realize that you started this business for a reason and that you have everything it takes to make it a success. And that is something that is a huge, huge mindset block that I see a lot of entrepreneurs like me face specifically at the beginning of their journey and a block that I continue to work towards every single day. So I'm in no way saying that I am on a high horse somewhere and I have really figured this whole thing out and I never face any mindset blocks. That is not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that once you start believing that something is possible for you, that it is possible for you to have a full-time business based out of your passion, that it is possible for you to have a successful five, six, seven figure business because you're doing things not out of fear or out of lack, but you're doing things from a place of confidence and abundance. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out today or if you've already been in business for a couple of years, each time that you level up and each time that you move to the next field, you are going to be facing mindset challenges that can sometimes sabotage your growth. When you truly deep down believe that something is possible for you, you don't just give up at the first stop sign that you come across. You keep going, you keep creating, you keep experimenting, you keep trying. And that is exactly what has led me to a point where I've been able to convert something that was just a random idea into a full-time business. And that is also what is going to lead us to our five-figure months that is happening very, very soon. And also to build a six figure business, which is something that has been a dream of mine as well. When it comes to building a sustainable and profitable business, the difference between someone who doesn't make any money from their business and someone who is making a full-time income from their business is just that the second person kept going. Now, if I stopped doing this, or if I just gave up on my ideas and my business in the first month, when I didn't have enough money to pay my bills, then I wouldn't be at a point where we are now on track to cross five figures a month in revenue and will be a six figure business soon. I would not have been able to do this if I just gave up in the first 12 to 18 months when it was really, really hard to grow my business and to believe in myself and to keep going. So this is my way of telling you that if you are feeling any of those things, and if you are at the beginning of your journey, don't give up on yourself, keep going forward. Take one small step that you believe is going to move you forward. Use the tips that I've shared with you today and just take the one next baby step that you need to make to grow your business. This episode is brought to you by Pinfluencer Academy, the only marketing program and community that will help you grow and monetize your influence with Pinterest. If you're ready to fast track your success, then you'll find the link to our free Pinterest training in the description box. See you there.